0: Tom Cruise. Kevin, did you know he's credited with saving the sunglasses company Ray-Ban? Because of. Top Gun? Him? N- no, no they were uh, aviators. Risky business.
1: Oh, risky business, of course.
0: Yeah. So Ray-Ban were in a serious slump and he was credited with their renewed popularity. He didn't
1: save the White front. <laughs> <sighs>
0: I'll use small words that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog faced buffoon. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.
1: (laughs) What did you say?
0: You are a sad, strange little man. Don't call me stupid. Hello, and welcome to The Best Bits a movie podcast where each week we pick our favourite scenes from randomly selected, weirdly specific themes. This is your co-host, Will, a writer of three films plus a Christmas special, and I'm joined once again by our co-host and writer of one and a bit films and three and a bit episodes of TV, Kevin.
1: Kevin. Hello, hello. Will. How I'm are starting you? to feel a bit insecure about you having three films and me having just one.
0: <laughs> I, I, I propose that each week we completely fictionalise it and we start changing it Oh, that's it good. Uh, yeah, I'm going to change yours st- to and writer of a harshly, a harshly worded mailbag letter to Mike Murphy back in the 80s. About an episode of Garda- writer Patrol.
1: of the upcoming Mission Impossible film. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can old. we get sued for that? Kevin, should we, what's, what, what are we doing? What's this whole podcast thing about? Um...
1: So this is the best bits where we basically pick out our favorite scenes from specific topics and the topics are sort of randomly generated. We've got a big wheel, we spin the wheel and whatever it lands on, whether it's best, um best uh, cameo scene, best ad lib scene, best, be- there's so many, there's 300 in there. We keep adding to it, we keep sort of um coming up with new ideas and it's just sort of a way for us to have a think about these topics and have a laugh and sort of see if we can uh, pick our favourites. They're not the best. The best is sort of like shorthand, but it's um, our most liked scenes. And uh, that's essentially what the podcast is. Last week I did, um, I got chase scenes and I I turned that into car chase scenes and then rescue scenes. And um, this week we are doing, well, Will is going to do, um, Run Tom Cruise run scenes, so it's all the yeah. times that Tom Cruise has done a leger in a film, and that's a lot of films.
0: That's a lot of films, it is 41 or 42 films. Imagine that! Well, no, you know, we'll get into the technicalities now in a few minutes, but uh, yeah, I, I reciprocate uh, everything Kevin is saying there. I second it and think we should take it to the Senate floor. Um, <laughs> take it to the doll, take it to the doll, and we're going to vote it and make it a law um but yeah it's great i i enjoy this um because it's it's a lovely way to look look at the the films that we enjoy through a different lens and do a little bit of research and be able to revisit some films as well which i found i've started to do because in, in my um in my uh, growing in my growing age i find myself less and less likely to revisit films and so this has giving me a great excuse to do so and i'm happy It's about homework it. but and also so, there's
1: like there's like hundreds of uh movie podcasts out there and this is sort of a, a bite-sized version of that it's uh, a way for us to sort of talk about lots of films at once and um sort of spin it into uh a story about where we're going and what our thought process is and and um yeah lead the other person on the garden path i have no idea what will has cocked up cocked up <laughs> cocked mm. up for this episode um but I'm fascinated to hear what you are planning. So will we get into it.
0: Let's get into Tom Cruise running. Let's get into it. <laughs> Kevin, here we here go. we are. Yes, here we we're are. We're back in. We're back in the uh, in the back, main. Back, back again. In the main segment of the show, and now we are uh, coming. I got the the big wheel spin last week, and I uh, got. Tom, Run Tom Cruise Run. Uh, yeah, best, as fast best as you scene. can. As, well, you want to know something? That's a good segue. I, there's a lot of information about Tom Cruise running in films. And a lot of it comes from Reddit, which is a very reliable source of information. And some fella on Reddit has looked at the film Missing a Possible Tra- Mission Impossible Tree <laughs> and figured out exactly what speed Tom Cruise runs at full Oh like my god! He's going this is going to be
1: great. Go on. Yeah, forty-five you,
0: miles an hour, fast uh, than a cheetah. Well, I'll give you a bit of a. So when I heard this, I went, "Oh my god, he's the fastest man on earth." <laughs> so he in the in the film Mission Impossible Three, when he's running like hell for leather in this kind of ancient Chinese city, he clocks in at twenty-four point six kilometers per hour, which is I think it's about four. That's about the speed that I reverse in park. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I saw it because I've done, I've done a few, I've done, an, I've been on the treadmill a few times and I can see what the old speedometer's saying on the treadmill when I'm running. And let me Get just off. say, <laughs> it's, it's, it would be, it would be for Tom, a slow, <laughs> uh, uh, I would say a slow slope. Or a slow lighter, <laughs> what I what I jog at when I'm on the treadmill. So I thought, Jesus, 24.6 kilometers an hour. He's the fastest man on the planet. When I looked up what Usain Bolt does, he basically, uh, Usain Bolt goes over 40 kilometers an hour. So he's not quite at Usain Bolt, but he does. So that would equate. He's also half the, the height of
1: Usain Bolt. So you know, his mm-hmm, the legs yeah. are going
0: at triple speed. A triple speed, yeah. Well, you now there you go. They basically Usain Bolt. He does you know the you know, famously, you know, in the Olympics there's the one hundred meter dash or race or sprint, whatever they call it. Hundred meter dash. <laughs> what do they call it? Do they call it a race or well, a sprint?
1: That's when they used to give out people's they used to give out sashes, I think. The hundred meter dash. <laughs> they'd run in they'd run in um in uh, uh, uh what do you call it? Fuck it, it's gone on my head. Um, bowling shoes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> on, on, gra- on, on gravel pass on bowling shoes <laughs> while, oh geez, while canvas mi- while, khaki pants <laughs> while, while smoking a pack of wood bites <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so uh, Tom Cruise would do the 100 metre Dash in in fourteen point six seconds. In that pretty, is fast. That's fast. That is fast. Um, and he was forty three years old when he did that. When he shot that scene, like that's that's fairly fast, isn't it? Um, well, my
1: knees hurt now, so uh, <laughs> in, uh, I don't think I'd be able to do that uh, at forty
0: three. Yeah, oh, not listen. Oh, it's, it's, oh, as I it's as as I said, you, yeah, I know. I embarrassingly know where my limits are. Thanks. Go to on. Treadmill. Tell me. I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you a podcast because it's, let's just say, I'm proud of myself when I get to double digits. <laughs> do you use both legs? <laughs> no, it's just, I, I prefer to go, I do my hundred, 100 metre skip, that's what I do. Um, but hey, Tom Cruise, right? Tom Cruise running scenes. A very interesting topic because it's so specific. I on, on uh, I found a really fun article on Rotten Tomatoes, an editorial um, written by Mark uh, Hoff yeah Hoffmeyer. That's his name, Mark Hoffmeyer. Oh, I know Mark. How is he? <laughs> Mark's really good. He was asking for you, as oh, a matter God, of fact. That's nice. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's just like he hasn't been on Twitter in a while, and you know he's just taking a break. So oh, well. but yeah, he's always he's he's really. Happy. But you know what Mark did. He came up with this really interesting. He he did an awful lot of legwork for me, and I'm using this uh, his article, his editorial, as a basis of my segment. And the title of this his This is you cogging your homework. Yes, this is me rocking up to school.
1: <laughs> just but isn't that so just weird. everything? Like nobody has first hand information or anything. It's all about <laughs> sort of your sources and citing them.
0: So yeah, and and I was literally going to do this type of what 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 lo, what wonderful mark is. Did in his uh, editorial, I was going to going to do it, and I discovered that Mark's already done it. So I am going to cite Mark and say, "Thanks, Mark. You um, wrote this really good and useful article, which is which is titled this The More Tom Cruise Runs, the Better His Movies Are.' A tomato, a tomato meter deep dive. That's a controversial topic. It's, well, do you want to controver- think? That's a controversial statement. He backs he backs it up with facts. He backs it up with facts, right? So listen to this. Listen to this, right? So he and he did his, he did his homework here right so oh i have another i have another trivia question for you right what films so film in what film films in what films has tom cruise not run at all like zero feet running which he's walked but zero running zero feet running lions for lambs correct there are three <laughs> more there's three more Oh, three more! But um, oh, that's a very good, very good. Oh, the forty something—that's very good. Well done. The the did outsiders incorrect. He ran in the outsiders.
1: He did okay. Um, from a mirror. Um, <laughs> For those braces kicked in. Okay, let me think. So um, there was a there's a big demarcation in Cruz's career from lions lions i forgot what the title is. Lions to Lambs or Lions and Lambs? Uh, Lions for Lambs. Lions for Lambs. Him. Yeah. Between his career pre-Lions for Lambs
0: mm-hmm. and
1: post-Lions for Lambs. Yeah. He was doing a lot more dramatic. Uh, oh, do you know what? Has he run in Tom, Top Gun? He has.
0: But He's not very inf- no, no, yeah, What, not on for every- beach ball scene? Yeah, he's there's jogging. There's short, there's short sprints. He's in the, that's in a short sprints category. Yep, he's done under under 500 feet in top gun. Yeah, definitely. Now it could be, but oh, he has run. I uh, the Tropic Thunder. Correct. So you're on two. That's that you've got so uh, two out of the four. There's two more. There's two there's more. There's two more. Um, but you're doing really well. I'll give you a hint. Do. the other film. The uh, one of the other films also Tropic Thunder. Lines for Lambs came out in 2007. Tropic Thunder came out in two thousand and eight, and one of these other films that he didn't doesn't run in, which I was very surprised. Oh, by. it's going to be that musical
1: oh. one, isn't it? Rock, Rock of Ages.
0: No, he's running in that. He's Is running he? in that. Uh, mm-hmm. I never saw it. Or like he's like at least uh, running around the stage, you know that. Which I ah, asked you. Decide. That's not running.
1: That's that's but, like in lockdown saying. I went for a run. I just <laughs> ran to the fridge. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm saying this, I'm I'm saying this, I'm trying to qualify it, but I've never seen that Rock of Ages, so I have no idea, i just using but Although I hear it The other film, it came out in 2008, 2008, and I was really shocked when I saw this one. I was like, what? He doesn't run in that film.
1: Well, as we know from last week, he runs in uh, Born on the Fourth of July, where he spends the majority he of the does. film in a wheelchair, so.
0: Yeah, he does run in that one, yeah. Um, I don't know, I give up, tell me. It's Valkyrie, he doesn't run in Valkyrie. Imagine that, oh, uh, yeah! Like even when he's been like he's well, he's, he's only got one eye, so I suppose he's falling all over the place. <laughs> I think one eye doesn't stop you from running. Yes, I
1: take that back. That's <laughs> me um, being uh, facetious,
0: but I, I don't know. <laughs> and come here, do you know what? The, the I last often one run was?
1: blind drunk, so I assume that <laughs> you can run quite quite capably with one
0: eye when sober (laughs) and come here the last one which I was shocked by was Magnolia 1999's Magnolia he doesn't run in that see that's when he was doing dramatic roles and you don't really have a a
1: reason to um, that's strange though because in that he he keeps screaming to respect the cock and um,
0: you know he it's he doesn't go off half cocked in that film. That's surprising. But Merrick actually makes a really interesting data observation here, which is that the less Tom Cruise runs, the the least successful his films are, because if you think about it, it makes sense. Because zero running means little action, and that means it's not a blockbustery type of film. But also, weirdly enough. if we're going to go by the Rotten Tomatoes average rating the average rating of his no running films are actually the lowest it's so strange they're at 63.5% or something like that it's kind of it's a very strange one. This then is like he the has-
1: audience are, are treating Tom Cruise like dance, monkey, dance. That's yeah, what this, gonna- this topic should be called. Not run Tom Cruise run. It should be dance, yeah. monkey,
0: dance. But like, then like he breaks it down to basically Tom runs in films like which he runs a distance from like one feet to 500 feet. And there's like a whole series of films like, you know, Top Gun and uh, like uh, uh, age, Rock of Ages is in there and Jack Reacher, American Maid, uh, Rain Man and stuff like that. And those films, they've done a collectively, the box office of those films, uh they say the first, the collective box office of the films in which he hasn't doesn't run at all was 153 million, right? That's inflated uh, international box office, the whole lot. And then for the films in which he's run a distance of one foot to 500 feet, the inflated international box office of those films is two hundred ninety five million, right? It's just just mad. People are going to
1: kill Tom. He's just going to drive him to just keep running and running and running.
0: Yeah. So the middle distance films that he's run, so that's a distance of 501 feet to 1,000 feet. There's uh, not so many, there's like about... There's only about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight of his films in which he's done this. That includes the first Mission Impossible, the first two Mission Impossible films, and the collective box office uh, success of those films was 411 million. Right? That includes you remember Collateral, um, all the right yeah. moves as well, and Oblivion and Night and Day EW. and uh, so so he's he makes more money the more he runs. Now, but hey, I want to bring you to the, the, the culmination of Mark's incredibly intensively uh, researched... I love
1: Mark. Mark is great. <laughs> and I have
0: to double check, is it Mark or Matt? <laughs> is, it, is it Mark? Hold on. It's Mark. It's, it's Mark. Buddy, Sorry, Mark. 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 Sorry, Mark. Mark. Sorry, Mark. Mark. But Mark, and I have seen this. him in years,
1: but you know, that's how but, it goes. It, in uh,
0: lockdown, <laughs> But listen... Mark actually, and like this is really the, the numbers don't lie. For, like the numbers speak for themselves in this. So, and the final category is when Tom goes full Tom, right? And that's when he <laughs> never runs. go full Tom. <laughs> he goes full Tom, and he's been going full Tom for twenty five year, twenty four years now. And this is when he's uh, run over one thousand and one plus feet in a film, right? No, he's running at full Tom. Let's call it full Tom, right? He's also that's running 20- at full
1: Tom along rooftops and
0: yeah. And, yeah. and 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 shattering limbs and doing all this sort of stuff. So listen to the numbers about Tom Cruise and he, and the films in which he's run over one thousand and one plus feet. Now one thousand and one plus feet have, as we've added up, has is, is equates to a sixth of a mile. Or, it's or not 601 far. Tom <laughs> Cruise's lying down head to, head to tail, stacked on top of each other. That's how long it is. Basically, that's like
1: spending two and a half minutes on a treadmill. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but here, this is the weirdest thing about it, right? So in the films where Tom Cruise has run a, a long distance, he they they, they they have been fantastically more successful commercially and critically because the average tomato meter for those films is seventy one percent, which is like ten percent more than the, the the previous category, the mid distance. Full Tom is way better, it's ten percent better than mid Tom. And financially they made like five hundred and thirty eight million, you know, uh you know, versus four hundred and eleven on the mid Tom. and what. are am- successful. He's very successful. Now, what I'm going to do now is right. So I want to lead up because we have we haven't got to my best bit. My, oh my best God, I forgot one, what the show was right? about. <laughs> this is the whole this is the whole idea of the show. We have to go to a best bit. Oh, this is gonna be good. Uh, no, what I'm going to do is I'm gonna I wanna I'm gonna do a like a top five right, as in distance wise. This is all distance, right? And it leads up to my favorite one or my best my best scene. So number one is like the, the scene I'm picking. Okay, so.
1: Is at this going to have
0: five, Mission Impossible music? I hope it does. you, know, you got to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at, at number five, it's Minority Report, in which he runs 1,562 feet on camera. Okay. At number four is War of the Worlds. <gasps> where, uh, That's got a everyone, really good run scene. At number three, at uh, a distance of 3,066 feet, some of which was... Vertically down the side of the world's tallest building in oh, Abu Dhabi. Yep,
1: yeah. Mission Impossible. Mission. Uh, wait, I get Go all these it. subtitles mixed up. Rogue Nation.
0: No, 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 not that one. Come on, try again. It's the other one. Um, you have it. Uh, the uh, of your tongue. I can't remember. Yeah. It's Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol. That's a fun. That's the one directed by Brad Bird. I really enjoyed that film. Yeah, I, enjoyed I really it as enjoyed well. it. Yeah. So at number two. Uh, uh, running at a distance of 300-212 feet is Mission Impossible 3 directed by J.J. Abrams which uh, he runs a lot there's a big sequence big action sequence where he's running across this bridge and it kind of culminates with a missile kind of blowing off behind him and um, I kind of found that I I honest, excuse me that for me was the kind of the the film that rebooted the Mission Impossible franchise for me definitely I've I've only that sequence seen is very
1: familiar, uh, very similar to True Lies as well from last week.
0: Oh, true, yeah, True Lies, yes, that's absolutely, you're absolutely, um, yeah, you're right. But uh, this, the the my best pick is uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, aka Mission Impossible Six, in which he runs over six thousand feet. Which is almost double what he's done in the previous two films. It's unbelievable. And Kevin, what I want you to do is, I want you to. You might watch that clip. Will you watch that clip with me? We'll do. Let's do this together. Do you want to watch the miss? That, that that. Will you hold my clip? hand because I might get scared? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's heights. I don't like the heights. <laughs> have you you know Have you seen this film recently? When's the last time you saw the film? Uh, I saw it in the cinema, and I saw
1: it again uh last year i thought it was oh, okay um the, it was a blast to watch uh yeah the tom the mission impossible films just keep getting better and better and better for me i'm really looking forward to the next one but i thought it was a, a cracking fun
0: spy film you're absolutely right i i'm am- I, I look, I, I thought the first Mission Impossible film was fun, um, even though despite it being directed by Brian Bama, Um and I wasn't such a fan of the John Woo one, but J.J. Abrams kind of, uh, I thought that Mission Impossible 3 was kind of like it getting back on track but then once uh, for the fourth one I Brad Bird's one, Ghost Protocol I thought, I really thought that this series was becoming for me, my kind of like replacement Bond series where I went this film has given me all the things I want from a Bond film, which is practical stunts, rip-roaring action, uh, a fairly compelling kind of uh, lead. And it, 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 and it's fun. A That's the one thing compel- about these it's films.
1: Tom, it's, it's, it's Tom Cruise. It's,
0: Tom <laughs> Cruise. A really compelling <laughs> thing. I really like Tom Cruise. Do you Cruise. know what I, I like, like as well about
1: the Mission Impossible films is that they've finally done what they foregoed in the original where you know, in the original, it begins with the team, the the, the impossible missions team, all getting wiped mm-hmm. out apart from Tom Cruise, and mm-hmm. for the following two to three films, Ving he, Rhames, he survived. Aside from Ving Rhames, who'd pop up, mm-hmm. but now they've sort of built uh, an actual team around him, and it's become mm-hmm. slightly more of an ensemble, and I love that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's great, and this uh, this particular the action se- uh, sequence. The sorry the the the, the running sequence it kind of follows on from your chase sequence last week because they've just what they did for Fallout was fairly spectacular I rewatched it this weekend kind of knowing I knew that this was going to be the one because I saw this film in the cinema and I remember audibly kind of gasping and going Oh Jesus you know and just going I can't believe they're doing this I yeah there's there's this se- and I, I rewatched it this weekend. And I was completely lost at times when it came to the plot. I genuinely didn't know what was happening, but I didn't care because I knew I knew the basics I knew uh, I knew what the filmmakers wanted me to know to, to kind of keep me engaged with the action if you know what I mean yeah. um, also that spy stuff
1: sort of you have to you've got to give them a gimme, and that is that they're in a spy film no one is a hundred percent honest. There was always mm-hmm. some sort of uh, subterfuge and deception, and you just have to go with it for for a lot of it. Uh, but I remember seeing that as on well the cinema, and I thought it was just such a blast, and because it was London as well, it was like it didn't yeah. feel. It felt more visceral, and um, you could just feel the pounding of the, the feet because mm-hmm. I I've walked
0: across those bridges, and it just yeah. It, Cracking scene. Yeah, the very brief synopsis for uh, Mission Impossible Fallout is a group of terrorists plans to detonate three plutonium cores for a simultaneous nuclear attack on different cities. Ethan Hunt, along with his IMF team, sets out to stop the carnage. And that, I'd completely forgotten all of that. Like, I've seen, I saw it whenever it came out in the cinemas. I've seen only, I've seen all these Mission Impossible films really once, I believe. Um, so I saw them in the cinema and for, pretty much forgot about them until I saw the next one all I remember was I had a lot of fun watching them and so rewatching this film was it, it was a real delight because I had actually forgotten how much effort they put into the individual sequences and the stunt work in this film it truly is breathtaking do you know what last week we did car chases Uh, and
1: I said, and it sort of foreshadowed this whole episode and we didn't know that it was going to come up, but I said, Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise has crippled himself for a good foot chase. And I think it deserves its own episode. (laughs) And it just occurred to me that we've done it. We've just done the foot chase. And I think it is one of the best foot chases I can think of, uh, in cinema history. And he crippled himself to do it.
0: Yeah, he literally. If you watch, it's it's unbelievable. Well, there's a couple of things I want to commend in this in this sequence. Uh, first of all, it's this the filmmaking of it, right? First of all, and I, I actually have a convers a whole aside I want to do about Christopher McQuarr- Christopher McQuarrie because I think it plays into this topic as well. And there's uh, anyway, it's a story I have to tell because it's really compelling. But sticking with um, this sequence alone, first of all, we see we see Tom. He's been pursued by he's in pursuit. First of all, it's very clear. Right, the geography of the sequence is very, very clear, and a like even the momentum across the sc- across the the action is always happening in a very clear geometry on the frame. So the pursuit in this case is Tom is chasing after Henry Cavill, who's like this rogue CIA agent, or you know he's a, a double agent effectively. But the it, literally the actions are there. Henry Cavill is moving from left of screen to right, and. It always tom is always running from left to right uh depending like you know for depending on where the the camera's position but you always know they don't cross the line, never cross the line. But also, there's this really clever, subtle um, uh, staging of when they f- when they're framing each other. They use the physical landmarks of London, like the Tower of St Paul's Cathedral, to in it, they literally will match the shots so that you can see uh, from one shot with Tom running literally on top of St Paul's Cathedral with the dome right behind him. They will match that shot with St Paul the dome like far in the distance with Henry Cavill just to kind of like it, give the geography in your mind of how far they are from each other or, you know the, the relative distance to each other so it's incredibly cleverly done and not only that they have the kind of they have the, the kind of the comic sidekick of um, of Simon Pegg who is giving a kind of almost a running commentary using his little GPS kind of mapper
1: for I'm jumping out a window. What do you mean you're jumping out of a? W- oh, sorry. I had it in 2D. Good luck.
0: <laughs> so, the the comedy in this is is the first time we actually have kind of comedic breaks in any of Tom Cruise's runs as well, because Tom's oh, then looking at had this like, window. Twenty
1: runs until this one.
0: Never, never had this. Why this this run has got? It's got tension. Now the form of tension is first of all the pursuit is clear. I've got to get this Henry Cavill guy. Also, there's the tension of him leaping across these uh, these gaps in the buildings. And as it's an like audience, it's like it It's like free running. It's paracouring. It's unbelievable. Didn't we know they that also.
1: Uh, break once he once he broke his ankle. I remember seeing him on the Graham Norton show, and they had to take. Was it how many months after they have to take? So it's it's a chase six months filmed over. six months. Six months. There you go. It's a six
0: month long yeah. chase sequence. <laughs> he what? Well, it's unbelievable because um, well, it's unbelievable because that shot, the suspense they build is that he makes three leaps. You know, uh, you know, in storytelling, you you know, there's a rule of threes. It's an organic thing, and the first and the and the 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 the, the, the score kind of plays with our expectations because. As an audience going into the cinema, we all knew the story that Tom breaks his leg on on one of these jumps. So like the score kind of like uh, kind of goes, <gasps> it kind of like almost gasps on the first jump, and you go, oh no, that's not it. It was like a little like oh, it was that. It kind of like plays with you, and then there's a second jump, and you can hear the actual score just being like 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 an intake of uh, like an if the score just uh, evaporates just for a moment. And then we know there's the big run-up, and it's a really lovely. It's not a steady cam shot. There's a, like a drone shot that follows Tom running at full, full doing full Tom along this kind of um, construction, construction kind of gangplank, which you know uh, leads to him leaping over the chasm. <laughs> he, he literally. Did it? He leaped over this uh, gap between these buildings, which were maybe five, four, five stories. I'd say five stories. Like, the dude, the, this stunt, like, and the the stunt required for him not to make the jump. Like, they had planned for him to kind of like leap with with, with yeah one one safety harness holding on to him from above. But uh, he was he the the stunt was for him not to make the jump to grab onto the building and pull himself up. But he literally, you can see it. Oh god, it's. They cut. They don't use the most graphic angle. What's uh, truly impressive, like, and this is just like the first act of it, is the the dude snaps s- snaps his ankle, right, and he pulls himself up and he hobbles off camera because he knew, like, he he. Well, this is what he said on Graham Norton that time. He said he knew when he when he hit that it was gone, and he knew that they the the whole shoot was going to close down. So he pulled himself up and just went off camera, and even even still that every shot is about clarifying the geography, clarifying the positioning uh, of the characters in the scene, in the sequence, in the chase so you, when you see Henry Cavill approaching the Tate Modern, they have seconds before Tom Cruise, when Tom Cruise reaches that same point, they have an absolutely identically framed shot you know, clarifying that this, you know, you know where they are because of the, the filmmaking, the framing the editing, the editing is hugely impressive in this as well Um, and what's great about this is that it comes Tom finally you know the the pursuit starts which you know Tom's chasing Henry Cavill and we're wondering is he going to get to him and eventually you know Tom Henry Cavill goes into the Tate Modern in this kind of like um, freight elevator type And Tom comes in, he jumps up, he grabs onto the underside of the freight elevator and it's like, oh my god, he's now dangling underside this freight elevator. He's like going, okay, I'm here holding on this. And he looks up and there's Henry Cavill looking down with him, uh, just staring down into his face going, oh, where did you come from? And he pulls a gun and it's like, oh god, no Tom, what are you going to do? I'm looking forward to seeing this film. It's great. And Henry Cavill then basically presents... Basically, the chase ends with Henry Cavill kind of presenting uh, a bit of information that flips the script on Tom Cruise and it raises the stakes for the rest of the film. It makes the adventure, I suppose, the, the drama way more personal. Uh, for Tom Cruise and does for he, the audience. Does he
1: mention his wife in that sequence? He, he shows takes him a out picture, picture, a picture of
0: her? He takes out, that's what he does, he just takes out a picture yeah. of his wife and he puts it on the floor of the grating. Tom Cruise is hanging, dangling on the underside of this freight elevator, looking, I, he's got a gun in one eyeball and the picture of his wife in the other eyeball and you can feel his world dropping, all that energy just going from. So I love this t- Tom Cruise running scene. Tom I think this Cruise. Ta- Tom Cruise. Tom <laughs> Cruise. We're going to have to put it, we're going to have to find the audio clip to find and it, yeah. drop it here. Yeah, so no one knows what we're talking about. It's from a kids program that we watched in Ireland from the den and anyway, we know it's specific. But this sequence kind of put me down a bit of a rabbit hole, right? And that rabbit hole was the writer and director of this film, Christopher McQuarrie. Okay. Oh, I know um, Christopher. He's a uh, sound. But you know, Christopher has he's become kind of like the showrunner, the 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 helmer of these this 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 last uh, from Rogue Nation. He's written. I think he wrote Ghost Protocol. I'm not really sure, but he definitely has written and directed uh, Rogue Nation. Uh, he's this become one, and, you know Tom Cruise's one. most trusted you know collaborator yes. at this stage. I was reminded of a brilliant interview I heard with Christopher McQuarrie from back in the day when he was promoting Valkyrie. And it was with Jeff Goldsmith. Did he write Valkyrie? He wrote Valkyrie, yes. Now, I want to take you down a little path because, you know, with these uh, Mission Impossible films, it's kind of incredible. There's no script. Like, they're making this up. As they go along, they kind of have ideas. They have locations. They have an idea or an impression of a big stunt that they want to do with that chase thing. He he knew he was chasing someone, but not really sure who he was chasing and why he was chasing, you know, Henry Cavill or whatever. And that's the kind of the case and how they make these big, humongous funds. They're kind of making it up as they go along, and it's a little bit of a callback to Tom to to Harrison Ford and the quote you had earlier and earlier in this episode where you said you know I'm making this up as I go and what Tom Cruise when you watch re-watch fall, uh, this Fallout right uh, Tom Cruise is literally making it up as he goes along and he says uh, when when he's put under pressure and he's improvising he literally is saying I'll figure it out we'll figure it out I'll figure it out you know it's always a case of we're ad- going to figure li- this out that's great let me tell you right I'm gonna, am gonna give you this story because it's worth. If you can, I'm gonna put a link in. I don't know how we're gonna do links to, to 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 interviews and stuff like that, but um, we can put Chris it in McQuarrie's, the show notes. Let's do that. We'll put a link in the show notes of this of um, of Chris McQuarrie's interview gel, uh, by uh, Jeff uh, Goldsmith. But what's amazing about Chris McQuarrie is that he started off his career with in. He went to school with Brian Singer, but he also went to school with Ethan Hawke. You did, did you know this? I did not. So the first film that they that Brian Singer made was a story adapted by Christopher McQuarrie, or written by Christopher McQuarrie, starring Ethan Hawke. And this was like a, a high school film that they made together. They went to and, high school together? Yes, they're in the same high school. Yes. They, wait,
1: so did, Ethan McQuarrie, Hawk, Christ, did Christopher McQuarrie go up in Hollywood then? No, New Jersey. Wait, so the three of them know each other from New Jersey? That's yes. unreal. I, yes. I grew up on the same street as Jonathan Royce Myers. And when Jonathan Royce Myers became a big deal actor, I thought, I'm screwed. That's it. All the mm. luck has gone out the terrace. It's never going to happen for me.
0: So, and, to free hey, them. them. Uh, uh, listen, a rising tide raises all boats. That's the way you have to look at it. You exactly. Know? And... What's what's okay? This there's there were some nuggets that he gave in this story, and I really I kind of have to get into it. Is that first of all? So there's they collaborated pretty early on. Their kind of careers have kind of crisscross, and I know Brian Singer is a bit of a you know a, a kind of a, a a murky murky kind of. Uh, ca- Keep it positive. Keep it positive. Keeping it positive. Actually, but, don't. Just <laughs> there's no point in putting a positive spin on that. Where I want to where I want to get to is how Chris McQuarrie uh, has has seemed. He's how his career has kind of in the early days how it manifested and how he kind of got his gigs going. And do you know the backstory of how The Usual Suspects came about? Because Chris McQuarrie famously wrote The Usual Suspects.
1: Yeah, there was something to do with a hooker in
0: a trunk. Man, <laughs> I have no idea. Tell me. Well, you're actually so close to the truth. <laughs> no, it's actually like a Japanese mafia. No, it's, it's actually not. What happened was, this is, it's nuts, right? So anyway, uh, Brian Singer's first film was, uh, he basically got money from this Japanese uh, company uh, for, uh, for $250,000. We could have been the accuser. It could have easily have been to make this film, uh, local access, right? Written by Christopher, written by Christopher McQuarrie. Like they were literally making it up as they went along. Turned out that that film actually sold pretty well. And Brian and the same guys said to them, "Hey, why don't you make another film?" So what had happened was at Sundance when they were showing uh, their, their first film, Public Access, I think it was called. Um, Brian, uh, usual, uh, Christopher had seen a headline. That's, that read The Usual Suspects. And he went, oh, that's a good title for a film. You know, that would be interesting. And he kind of just went Usual Suspects and he just had a, a, a title headline, you know, like a slug, a slug line and forgot all about it. Then when that film, when the Japanese investors basically said to Brian Singer, we want to make your next film, Brian Singer said, okay, I've got a script for you. He rang uh, Chris McQuarrie and he said, that, that film idea you had, The Usual Suspects, you, uh, I need a script, you know, in two weeks and uh, Christopher Quarry was working in like a legal firm and he just went oh shit oh what the hell am I going to do and he literally was like staring into a photocopy machine like all day long so it, he had three days Brian Singer was basically saying come I'll be back we meet up in three days pitch me the story or give me the story so he said I've got three days to come up with this and he was sitting in his office not knowing what to do and he was looking around at the chalkboard and he started to pick and pluck Like, different bits of information. Like, for instance, like, one of his co-workers was Kaiser Seso or something like that. And he he actually went, that's kind of a cool villain name. I'm going to change that to Kaiser Sose. And then he came up with other little things. Basically, he hobbled together this idea, like, all the elements for, you know, the the facts of his story from just by looking around the, the break room of his office. And he came up with this idea of like, hang on a second, what if this was an interrogation in this room? And he literally just imagines the final scene of the film. So are you went, saying that he it. pulled it all out of his ass? All out of his ass. And three <laughs> days later, Bryan Singer Brian he sits down with Brian Singer and he says, I've no script for you. I've no idea what the story is, but I've got the final scene. And this is the final scene. And he pitched him the end of the movie. And he went, this is the end of the movie. And Brian Singer said, brilliant. Can I Two say controversially
1: that I don't like the usual suspects for the simple reason that the story gets summed up as the equivalent of it was all a dream. So, you know, when you're paying attention and you feel like, where does this scene go? Where does that scene go? And you get to the end and it's like, well, none of it goes anywhere. It's just all gobbledygook. And I found that to be a bit of a cheat. But that's a bit negative um, and
0: films are fun. But Kevin, that's exactly, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. because but he won an he Academy was Award for that, didn't he? Yeah, he was making it up as he went along. <laughs> like they had, he literally was, he literally said, we'll figure it that's out. That's what we need to do is just pull it out
1: of our ass, make it up as we go yeah. along and we'll win an Academy Award. We just need to be friends with Ethan Hawke.
0: It's incredible. Now... But isn't it amazing that like he literally, Chris McQuarrie said in this interview, I heard him say, because I re listened to that interview today, and he said, We got, I um, he he literally said the line, We'll figure it out. And I watched Fallout last night, and I heard Tom Cruise say multiple times in the film Fallout, We'll figure it out. But it's incredible that Chris McQuarrie, now, Chris McQuarrie went through a bit of a doldrum. Uh, 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 phase in his career where he w- he at one stage he was packing his bags and leaving Hollywood for good, and he said he just couldn't do it anymore, being stuck in development. What part of his career but was this? This was basically after the way of the gun with way of the gun went down after incredibly. The way of the gun, yeah, he, he re- wrote and directed the way of the gun. It all, uh, he, the response he to was that was absolutely like, terrible. He was
1: doing so much
0: script doctoring work though he was doing but he said it was completely soulless he said it was um, they were golden handcuffs he said he was actually yeah. wasting, he was burning through money he was never getting he was never getting he was kind of stuck in. he, he literally described it as golden handcuffs that's surprising so he came back yeah. then with Jack Reacher it, no it was before that he it was literally Tom he was going to do he had an Alexander the Great film that he was going to do. He had a John Booth film that he was going to do. Uh, John Weeks Booth. And he, he's Alexander the Great film. He was going to do with Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, but that fell through. Where was it? Oh, yeah. So it was basically Valkyrie was a project that he had written Valkyrie and put it in a drawer. And he'd co-written it with another dude. And he never um, gave Tom
1: Cruise a running scene in that.
0: There was no Tom Cruise. And that's why it flopped. That <laughs> Valkyrie flap because it uh, was no running, scene. and that was the making of their relationship as well. Because it was, it's by all accounts, it sounded like you know they just clicked and they got on really well, and um, you know it was basically it restarted uh, Christopher McQuarrie's career in a huge way. Uh, he made the Jack Reacher films, and uh, Valkyrie. Have you seen Valkyrie? I have, yeah. I it was fine
1: didn't think I thought it was entertaining negative about her I thought it was fine
0: yeah but it, what I find fascinating about it is that ethos of we'll figure it out has kind of perfectly led him up to this perfect perfect state the, being the perfect man to to helm the series of films that are just being figured out as they go along So that's my, that's my whole spiel on Tom, run, Tom Cruise, run.
1: That was brilliant. I <laughs> oh, am man. absolutely staggered that you managed to, to get 40 minutes out of that topic. And it was for all the facts about Tom
0: Cruise. That was brilliant. I really genuinely enjoyed that. That was so good. And, but now we have to move on to the business of next week and the lucky well what because we're kind of like shifting our our formula and our format around a little bit this is the moment usually in the show where we would spin the wheel to reveal the topic for next week and right now i should be spinning the wheel for kevin but because we've kind of shifted some of our our format around a little bit to make it a bit easier on ourselves and give him more room to have a bit of crack we actually already did and this. Do so crack <laughs> but we did so we've gone we actually spun the wheel last week so we're just going to play a clip right now of me spinning the wheel for Kevin and here we you're go gonna,
1: you're going to love this wait till you hear what I got
0: what um, question is what are we going to do next week I'm <laughs> this week I'm, I'm spinning for you first yes you are and then I'm spinning for you okay so. are you ready so I'm going to start spinning the wheel now spinning spinning it's incredibly loud there <laughs> we go the tension's building
1: fingers crossed
0: and kevin you're <laughs> don't laugh don't laugh don't <laughs> <laughs> ah, this is gonna be what one... oh this is funny so your topic for next week is best sexy off of <laughs>
1: well listen oh my
0: god i'll give you a suggestion i i team america world please that's go. a good one you, you've
1: no <laughs> edit this out edit that out <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like oh god best sex scene <laughs> how would you oh my god uh, so, listen. well now we know that you're not gonna get that uh. so kevin we're back you got best sex scene are you looking forward to it i am pupescent <laughs> pupescent <laughs> that sounds that sounds like something you have to that shave. That's a word that I've
1: only ever read and I've never
0: actually said aloud.
1: Pubescent. Oh, yeah, god. Google that afterwards. Oh you, god. It's, it might be a bit rude. It sounds um, like
0: something you have to shave.
1: No, no, that's I just said it wrong. It's not pu what pubescent. Pubescent. I am I am
0: tumescent. Oh. <laughs> I, oh, hello. You're going to have to you're going to have to you're going to have to write that in the chat to me. Well, oh god. <laughs> It's going to be so much fun. Kevin's dying. It's okay. (laughs) Um,
1: I am raging for next week. I can't wait. I have been uh, looking at a lot of um, naughty scenes, and I have to say I've really enjoyed it.
0: I don't know why. I
1: couldn't imagine. Uh, You'll have to get into it next week. So, um, yeah, I have lots (laughs) of research to do, and uh, I'm going to be very diligent I'm gonna make sure I see everything. I want to see it all. I don't want to miss any oh, bit of it.
0: <laughs> Your internet search history will make for you know interesting reading. That's a you know that's that's all I can say.
1: You'll have to use that clip from yeah. Patrick Stewart in extras. It says um, she covers up, but I saw
0: everything. I saw it all. <laughs> Well, okay, well, we can close it on that week, one. Then. Back next week, there was a fun show and I am looking forward to being, being titanated cured, and taught the facts of life through the lens of Kevin Lehan's best sex scene. It's going to be filthy. <laughs> right, good luck.
1: See you. <laughs> Wait. Where can people find you, Will?
0: Well, I suppose people can find me on Twitter and my uh, under at Willems Film, which is W-I-L-L-U-M-S-F-I-L-L-U-M, Willems Film on Twitter. Where can people find you, Kevin? They can find me also on Twitter at BestBitsPod, or uh,
1: which is going to be our official Twitter handle, or they can just click on the link in the bio, and it's uh, at Kevin Lehan. But yeah, we're, we're on Twitter, so follow us.
0: Great right look. and here is a clip from the lads latest mini bits bonus show the full episode plus 100 more are available on their patreon mini bits another a new episode.
1: episode talk to stupid patreon podcast, podcast. Exclusive. exclusive the best bits podcast
0: Kevin, how are you? Hi, honey, how are you? Oh, you know, I've got this, I've got my corn sorted out. I went to the this the other day and uh, she your said... Your corn? To, my corns. Do you, you ever get corns? No. Do you know what a corn is? Yeah, it's a bunion on your foot, isn't it? Yeah, like in between your toes and stuff like that. Do, um, you,
1: do you not wear any shoes like around the house you walk No,
0: I, I, I wear, no, it's the opposite. GA shorts. It's the opposite. I wear incredibly tight shoes. Like those Chinese women oh. who get their feet bound, who had their feet bound, like, you know, before the turn of yeah. this last century. And so they had incredible corns and bunions. This is a great opener for a Mini Bits episode where we get people disgusted. Squally, it's episode
1: 73 of the Mini Bits. <laughs> I'm Kevin, you're Will. This is yeah. our Patreon podcast. Thank you to all our lovely patrons. Yeah. A few of you have jumped in recently. I don't know what we said. We try to people into joining up every single episode and then every so often it's like a lot of people join because of one specific episode and yeah. i'm like what did we how did we say it what did we say on that episode
0: that's different <laughs> to the other 270 <laughs> episodes maybe it didn't Go. sound as desperate maybe we said don't maybe, maybe reverse psychology that's how we should do it reverse psychology don't join up to our patron don't it's, <laughs> Everybody cancel. You don't deserve to be in this group. We don't want you. We don't like the you. you. We don't don't
1: need anybody.
0: (laughs) It's just us. It's absolutely just us. Hey, should we tell people we we did I don't know, maybe we shouldn't say it on mic, especially sorely. We did an interview with the Irish Examiner last Friday. We did? Yeah. And how do you think I how do you think I did?
1: I I think you did all right. Like you didn't interrupt me once. So I was (laughs) delighted with how I came across. But, you know, there's no sort of time limit on this. We don't know when it's going to get posted. One of our friends was saying, Kathy at the cinema, was saying that their interview with, did they do the Examiner as well? It was six Uh, months before it posted. And
0: and the Guardian, I'm pretty sure. They they were profiled in the Guardian as well.
1: Yeah, but we don't do any really promotion. Like we
0: don't do anything. Well, this is our first time getting any sort of like proper coverage, which is going to be mad. So, um, uh, listen to all you listeners who have uh, found us before we explode. You're you're you're, you're an OG. Bust. You're an OG <laughs> listener before Kevin starts getting gold chains from all his Patreon. Dot.
1: I think I'm more of a silver than a gold. I think oh, yeah. my uh, undertones suit more silver.
0: But uh, yeah. I just want to die. Goes with I w- my Prince Albert. <laughs> Your hat? <laughs> yeah. I
1: Speaking want one of which?
0: I want one of those diamond studs in my tooth. That's all I want. So I can go bing whenever I'm on a call. Oh, uh, yeah. Bing. I usually just, you know, wink and like lens.
1: Yeah.
0: Starlight twinkle. <laughs> Speaking of which, I interrupted you. What, 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 did, what did you want to speak of? Which? Start the time. Oh! I forgot. You may as well. just the timer. They,
1: all, all these lucky losers listening in and, and they're wondering, what are we going to be talking about? But we have to start talking about them after yeah. we we say goodbye. But look, I wanted to talk to you about, um, well, you've seen a few things. You've seen the new Godzilla film. Yes. I've seen the first Omen. Uh, I saw Scoop as well. That, oh, uh, we're looking Netflix forward to watching thing.
0: this. Okay.
1: Okay. I'll save my thoughts. And right. um what else did I see? I made notes, but sure. It doesn't really matter. I think I saw it, And I was going to go through all the summer releases and see what oh, takes your fancy.
0: Okay, okay. I'm looking forward because I don't actually know what's what's on the horizon. So um, I'm Well, the Joker your-
1: 2 trailer came out today.
0: I saw it. Yes, I watched that.
1: Mm-hmm. It reminded me of Chicago.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like you see it's all very much in the mind's eye. It, they're calling it a jukebox musical. Am I right in saying that?
1: I think you're right in saying that.
0: So, look. Like, Hey, listen, uh, I actually, what it, what it did remind me of <laughs> was that I want to watch, re-watch the Joker because I saw it in the cinema and I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. It was kind of a bold new direction. Uh, I'm just going to go somewhere.
1: back and watch the episodes from the Batman 66 show, the Joker episodes.
0: Oh yeah, that's going to be. Just to fill get me to in like sk- on the lore. You know, get up <laughs> to speed. <laughs> get you right up to speed. <laughs> and you'll be there going, where? Where are all the guys in the purple suits with the masks? When where are they going to show up? And like, you know- it's of a weird
1: time though, where we have the Penguin TV show with Colin Farrell coming out, which is a totally different canon version of the Penguin. Then you have this offshoot of Joker, which is not its own universe entirely.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: and then you have the old Batman films that you can watch. Right. And, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's just I don't know. I'm kind there's of so many IP. <laughs>
0: But like it's this, just everywhere, what well what's happened is the world, the comic book world has very much entered the the film world. It's where you could have different runs, totally different runs of a character by it's different insane. authors, and there would be totally different riffs on it and stuff. Oh it's oh, just this is insane. the thing, Kevin. <laughs> so I'm only catching up on this. You mentioned it to me on a on a pod, on a podcast. Wait, was it on one of those? Uh, it was the show. Last- show?
1: It was the last mini
0: bits. Uh, you, s- you said everyone's describing stuff as insane recently. I- and have you started noticing it though? Only, only, only with people trying to raise you. That's the only type, only where place where I've noticed people, no, people are trying to rise. Oh you. my God. Oh my God. I could start posting now
1: like um tweets, comments, TikToks, uh, articles, anything. Insane is everywhere. This is insane. That's insane. It's insane. There was a festival just going on about this insane lineup. I was okay. like, "Oh, it's a mentally ill lineup." Okay, <laughs> it's just it's it's everywhere. And the other, th- do you know the other thing that's also bothering me lately? Wow. wow. And this has been bothering me for years and years and years. It used to be that everyone used to misspell definitely. They'd go defiantly. Okay. Oh, it's defiantly whatever. It would just they're morons. But no, <laughs> I just keep noticing everyone keeps spelling a lot as one word, A-L-O-T, a l o t, a lot. Where has where have they? gotten into their heads that a lot is one word it's the same way that people will write every time as one word
0: what's the one that you've you've pulled me up on a few times and i can't get it right compliment compliment i can't <laughs> but i can't get it right it's like the i because
1: i told you the other day
0: yeah and i went searching for it and i couldn't find this because i had to actually had to an, use it if there's an i in compliment it's yeah. i'm paying you a compliment. Ah, that's a good way to remember it. Okay, good. And then compliment. I, r- I wrote that to you. But you did. And I went to try and find it because I was—I would found myself writing the word "compliments." And I went, shit, Kevin. But, I- but you, you gave me a thumbs up, which meant in my world that, yeah, I read that. Thanks. But I did, right? I'm talking about a couple of days later when I was faced with the exact same hurdle of writing the word compliment. I went, okay, what did Kevin say again about compliment? There's an I and the E. What did he say? So I went searching for it and I found it, I think. And I went, oh, the eye is paying me a compliment or I'm giving you it's a compliment. It's
1: insane how little you can retain information. It's insane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Come here, let's talking about what we watched. Come on. Did you start the timer? Yeah, it's it's gone. It's ticking. It's ticking down. The world's going oh, to explode. You know, I have to put in the sound effect. I have to. I have to line oh. up all my sound effects. When you said start I the like, timer, I have a whole
1: fucking. I have a whole soundboard. Here. <laughs> okay. Like, Jesus Christ, where's my fucking? What? Where's my
0: ding, dang ding. Oh, here we go. I the timer it. has started. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Right.